So Blockbuster's first just talking about the name, we obviously know that there's another Blockbusters out there, but our name is specifically about breaking down blocks and creating a mess, showing the interconnectedness between blocks, but more importantly, the interoperability between blockchains. Like you have Algorand, and right now it's being used for air quality testing in Miami. You know, AVAX, Polygon, there's so many different blockchains. And what needs to happen is that technology needs to communicate together in order for the data that's being transcribed on these blockchains to be used in the most efficient way possible. Well, I'm excited to welcome to the show Don Bailey and my brother, Jeff Harrison. Welcome, guys. Hey, how's it going? Great to be here, Mattie. Thanks for having us on. I'm excited to uh, dig in. You know, we get a lot of people that are active and very interested in, you know, blockchain, crypto, web 3.0, obviously with everything that has transpired over the last decade with it, and particularly kind of been accelerated over the last couple of years since there was a lot of fun money being made and, you know, flying around after the pandemic, um, the narrative and, and the interest level seems to have peaked, and yet we find ourselves in a bear market, obviously, with the stock market, with the crypto market. Um, but what you guys are doing is long-term and, and solving real problems. And so I'm really excited for people to understand what you guys are doing over at uh, Blockbusters Tech. Um, but for maybe those that don't know who you guys are first, let's kick it off. And uh, Don, let's hear a little bit about you, brother, and how you kind of uh, got involved in your entrepreneurial journey and found your way, you know, to uh, Blockbusters Tech? Yeah, that's a really um, good question. So first, I, uh, I'm i Don, Don Bailey. I uh, started off my entrepreneurial journey pretty early in life. Um, the first company that I had was a web development company, a web design company. I ran that for quite a while. Um, and I still have it. Um, the We build enterprise-level web applications and websites for various businesses from small to medium-sized businesses. Uh, moving forward, I got interested in the uh, meme stock rallies. So uh, GameStop and AMC, um, you know, BlackBerry, I was all a part of that. And then I was introduced to a token called SafeMoon that had a... Um, static reflectionary capability that was new to cryptocurrency. Um, and ever since I was introduced in the safe moon, I've been absolutely fascinated with the technology and that's led me to um, establish blockbusters. I love it. So before we hear a little bit from Jeff, Don, what was your experience with you know, the kind of the meme stocks with SafeMoon. I think a lot of people, you know, talk and hear about people getting involved and engaged in it. Some people won yeah. big, some people lost big. So what was your experience and kind of uh, track record as you were navigating those spaces? I was actually extremely early to those. So I did really well. Um, I think um, GameStop, I exited about um, maybe $230. Um, and then... Uh, I was at about $64 on my exit for AMC. So did really well, still hold a position in both. But um, I, I really like the power of retail investors. It kind of showed a shifting dynamic and um, the way in which, you know, those uh, stock markets move. And it's kind of opened my eyes to uh, dark pools after hours trading. Um, there's just a lot of things that is really interesting in that industry. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. 
These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Well, we'll definitely dig into that a little bit more. And Jeff, obviously, you and I, brother, have uh, got to share some pretty fun and amazing experiences in our time in GoBundance and seeing you, you know, in what you've done in your career and obviously kind of your entrepreneurial side hustles that seem to be bigger than most people's normal careers. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, how this journey has unfolded for you. Yeah, Jeff Harrison. Um, So I don't identify as a pharmacist anymore. I still do it. That's kind of my side gig now, right? So uh, healthcare professionals, we kind of have a a hard time jumping into entrepreneurship because everything has to be perfect. If, you know, we make a mistake, you know, people die and then you're, you're not used to learning how to fail, right? And so I think that's been a, a huge transition for me and, and I try to help pull along others, throw down the rope for others. So uh, but, you know, part of failing in the stock market and, uh, you know, moved me into real estate, got me super interested there. I built a, a pretty good sized portfolio in real estate. I still do dabble in the stock market, you know, when it's uh, when it's there. It's not there right now. <laughs> so uh, but uh, then that also led me into crypto several years ago. This is actually my second journey into like crypto and blockchain technology. The first one I I got in and then exited because I'd made five times my money and just didn't know it didn't didn't understand it well enough and uh, that that's one thing that I've uh, been really good about moving forward is if you don't know what you're doing then just get out until you do so um, highly recommend educating yourself on anything especially uh, any sector you're going into so brought me into crypto and blockchain. Um, I found SafeMoon as well. I wasn't quite as early into it as Dawn, but not too far off. I mean, it generally took me, I think, two weeks to figure out how to buy it in the first place. So that's that's a pretty common thread. So, um, but uh, I've done uh, really well at positioning myself there, and look forward to a really good future. But uh, with that, uh, jumping on Twitter, like I thought Twitter was dead. Uh, you know, when it comes to social media. But funny enough, uh, you know, tech, crypto, blockchain news travels at light speed on crypto or on, uh, you know, uh, Twitter compared to other mediums. So I jumped back into Twitter, got onto like spaces and just started educating myself even more. And then that's kind of how I met Dawn and through some, some mutual uh, investors uh, slash token holders in uh, SafeMoon. So, uh, and then I've just come on as sort of a mentor and I'm focusing on the, uh, you know, acquisition and partnerships here at um, Blockbusters. So we look forward to creating a pretty incredible future. It's pretty bright. So I'm excited to dig into Blockbusters and we'll kind of, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But for a lot of people, right? It, and even for savvy, you know, what many people would call themselves savvy investors, you know, the crypto world has been very challenging for a lot of people to navigate, to get involved in. What did that look like for you guys? I'm always very interested in the early adopters, you know, the people that are pioneering the space that are, you know, somewhat brave enough to go and kind of, uh, get involved in the wild, wild west, right? Which comes with a ton of opportunity and upside, which also comes with a ton of risk and downside. So Don, how did you get involved in kind of this entire crypto ecosystem? And how did you, you know, kind of look at the opportunities there, but also kind of hedge some of your risks? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I had two friends, Brandon and Hayden. They walked me through the process of actually buying SafeMoon. Um, I, I, to be completely fair, using Robinhood and you and like getting into Doge and um, that was like my first entrance into cryptocurrency. Um, the success that I had there made me more interested in cryptocurrency. Um, so like my barrier or my internal like potential buyer's remorse that I would have was offset by a positive experience. Um, but more specifically, um, I found that it was kind of hard, kind of like uh, Jeff alluded to. It took a couple of days for me to figure out how to purchase SafeMoon. Um, so the problem of accessibility, like how hard it is to actually um, gain crypto or acquire crypto, um, I, I'm a problem solver. So that was a problem that I really wanted to help solve. I love it. And when you were initially getting involved in the space, right, I think for a lot of people, their mentality and mindset is, um, and not for all, but for a good chunk is most people follow trends because they see opportunity and quick money, right? right? Yeah. What were some of your initial intentions behind, you know, in all transparency, was it like, hey, I think there's quick money to be made here? Or was it like, hey, Safe Moon fundamentally is solving a great problem? Or was it a little bit of both? Or like, what was your mindset going into this? Space? So I, I was very interested in the technology. Okay. So I will say that, you know, getting into um, AMC, GameStop, and even Doge was, you know, opportunity for a uh, quick buck. I got into Safe Moon because I thought the technology was interesting. It was the first time that people were massively being interested in this uh, one uh, token that based off of the volume of that token, you would acquire more of that token. And in the early days, you would just refresh your wallet and see your balance going up and going up and going up on every transaction. And that became kind of addicting. So I think it was that technology that got me more interested in it than anything. And then I started looking into the token more, the company behind the token. And what I found was um, a very interesting, like, organization of people being pulled together. So the CEO of the company, um, great guy, visionary, um, the people that he's br uh, brought onto the team um, since the company has reached its maturation phase. Um, you got, you know, a futurist named Jake Hammock, who I've been following for quite some time. He's done some pretty interesting things. You have, you know, the Sprags, a father and son duo, the guy who, um, you know, people in the government refer to as the godfather of blockchain. Uh, on the team. So the team is coming together really well. And I'm like, it, it, it's extremely impressive. So the technology, um, you know, that they're exporting to um, people is what keeps me interested. I love it. And is, SafeMoon has obviously still got, in your opinion, tons of runway and opportunity based on what their team is attacking and the problems they're trying to solve. Correct. Yeah. Love it. 100%. We, we like them so much so that we put an office in their building. <laughs> okay. So they're, <laughs> There's there's a little show of confidence in, uh, yeah. in what you know they're they're building over there. In terms of education, Jeff, you talked about kind of getting involved in networking, right? And you know the opportunities that you know financially, educationally that come out of you know networking and leaning in. You're somebody that has obviously done this really well, whether it's joining mastermind groups like GoBundance or, you know, getting involved in Twitter and, you know, direct messaging people and building rapport and relationships. Like what, what was your strategy in terms of how you were going to educate yourself and maybe some recommendations on what's worked well for you that others might be able to mirror on their path to feeling more educated and equipped to getting involved in a space that is really still in you know, the big picture, very infant stages. Yes, yeah, the Wild West still, right? Uh, especially in DeFi, where we uh, are building. So, um, yeah, I mean, networking, you, you'll hear it from everyone is is the key. Um, and I think just taking the step to reach out to people that, you know, you, you may feel like you have no chance in the world of of connecting with, but believe me, you have value. And and you will give that value away, uh, you know, at any chance you have when you when you're networking like this. And so, you know, whether it was me reaching out to um, John with the, the CEO of Safe Moon in the beginning, I mean, I was I'm always trying to find a way to connect 
people, right? I, I feel like I'm a connector. And so I always try to connect people where there's mutual benefit. And what I saw, uh, you know, I had the, the uh, humble opportunity to, to go to Necker Island earlier this year. And one of the things I was, I, I tried to do for many months was uh, get in touch with John, figure out how to get him there. Uh, or, you know, even just make that connection, you know, between Virgin and SafeMoon and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, just finding those those pieces of the puzzle and and putting them together and and whether it falls through or or not, I mean, you find other pieces that will fit in there. And so you just constantly try to bring value. And then that's where you you learn. I mean, you you get sort of on this, I don't want to say an inner circle, but you know, at least a trusted circle. And so in those cases, you, you get to hear a little bit more than maybe the, the mainstay and, you know, you get to build that relationship with people. And uh, that's where the important thing is. And, and no one knows, like, we're all new to this. Everyone is new to this because it is so early, right? Yep. And if we're looking at, you know, people didn't know what they were doing when they were going into the dot-com boom, you know, and not everybody's going to survive this, but there's going to be more than one. Right. I mean, there's there's certainly going to be more than one company and we plan on being one of those. And we truly think SafeMoon is going to be one of those as well. So just get out there and network and talk to as many people as you can and just figure out a way to bring value to them. So let's talk a little bit about the space that you guys are playing in so people can understand that maybe don't. What is DeFi and why do you guys like playing in this space? Don's smiling. He's like, salivate. Let me answer that question. (laughs) Do you mind, Jeff, if I jump in here? Go Uh, for it. So DeFi stands for decentralized finance. Um, The uh, juxtaposition of DeFi is centralized finance. So you get your crypto.com, your Coinbase, your uh, FTX, all of these marketplaces. It's primarily at Celsius. So the uh, primary difference or the indicator of difference between the two is uh, who has custody, okay? So a lot of people have heard, not your wallet, not your crypto. Um, so in decentralized finance, the person controls the wallet. Um, so people like Trust Wallet, SafeMoon, MetaMask, they're providing uh, an, a capability for the individual to personally take custody of their own cryptographic assets. Whereas in centralized finance, um, uh, with Coinbase, uh, Crypto.com, FTX, um, Mandala, Binance, um, they provide a uh, centralized method for you to uh, determine um, your cryptographic purchases. But the custody of the entire platform is held by the platform itself. Uh, The one of the larger differences there is like what type of regulations and licensing you have to acquire. Um, there's a lot of FINRA steps that you have to take in the United States specifically to be a centralized exchange. So the barrier of entry is a lot higher there. Um, now, specifically about the technology, that ability to custody your own asset, I, I think that is um, as we move towards more personal agency, as we move to towards more individual autonomy, um, in the world, especially with technology um, coming to the forefront and corporations, you know, profiting from advertising. I think that uh, we will see more of the decentralized finance ethic move into uh, other areas of our economy. So I like DeFi right now because this is like our first um, minimal uh, steps to test the blockchain and its efficiency um, and, you know, what type of problems that we have to create solutions for in the early stages before we start exporting this technology to other industries. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network 
and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Love it. Would you add anything to that, Jeff? Yeah, I think the important thing to understand is that, you know, it's all about control. And like, let's take, for instance, the Celsius thing that just occurred, right? Um, You know, they just declared bankruptcy and everyone's assets that were in there, they're gone. Like, I mean, that's the thing, right? And they're not the only one. So you have to be super careful as to do you have custody or not? And a lot of these, you know, they may masquerade as DeFi and they're really not. Um, so you just have to educate yourself on, do you actually have custody of your assets or not? And so then that would move into the future where are you going to have custody of your, you know, real estate tokenized assets? You know, let's, let's take it there. Like, do you want someone else to have control of those or do you want to have control of those? And so that's where the web three capability comes into play and you are owning your own data. You get to say when you turn it on and turn it off, when you give access to your healthcare records, when you, you know what you do, what yeah. you don't do. So there, this is a whole world opened up where it gives control back to the owner of the asset. And so that that's the key here. For a lot of people, you know, they, don't necessarily understand why this is such an important transformation and transition of this entire kind of world and ideology around currency and around privacy and around you know owning and controlling right custody of of really critical things why why did the what did the evolution of this entire space look like and you know what is the overall feeling and narrative of people in this space around where it's at right now. Right. So one of the things that people refer to in its current phase is the accumulation phase or bear market. Um, They refer to it as a bear market, obviously, because there's not a lot of people in crypto right now, not a lot of new adoption, but also prices have retracted quite substantially since their previous all-time highs. Um, Bitcoin, for example, was trading at $60,000, is trading somewhere around $18,000 to $20,000 right now. Um, So the uh, retracement uh, in price has, um, I guess, individuals who are in the industry and are familiar with the technology, we're trying to accumulate as much as possible of like as many different assets as possible. Uh, Not saying that that is the best strategy. I'm just saying that's the prevailing uh, spirit that I've uh, come to realize in the industry. Being that they're very bullish on the future of it, hence, I want to get as much in discount as I possibly can right now. That is correct. Yeah. So, um, but more specifically, um, I think what we're also seeing right now is the marketplace of ideas or Plato's description of the marketplace of ideas come to fruition, where the good ideas are what's rising to the top and the bad ideas are falling off. Um, one thing that we're also experiencing is this attrition of projects that are essentially copy paste of other projects. Mm-hmm. Those projects are leaving by the masses from our space. I think at one point we were at like 9,000 different tokens. Um, it's slimming down by the day. People are becoming more and more selective about what they're willing to, um, um, what type of cryptographic products they're willing to purchase. Um, so as a result of that occurring, what we've identified is, is that um, as companies come out, they need to provide a unique selling proposition to make their tokens more valuable. And we refer to that as a utility inside of the space. Yep. And that was uh, essentially kind of what you're getting at a lot of those projects that were falling off. Or would a lot of those be categorized as kind of the rug pull projects that 
were mirroring and mimicking potentially good oh, projects. Well, or what were yeah, what the, what are your thoughts on that? The rug pull projects were gonna go away inevitably, right? Yeah. They were created, you know, by the developer with, with the intention of rug pulling. That's 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 what a rug pull is. Which is fucked up, man. I mean, when you think yeah, about how many 100%. people got screwed in that process and how that hurt the overall community as a whole, what was the community's take on the people that were doing that? Was there any kind of policing going on or was it kind of just like you so, said? Wild West? And it, it's really and that that becomes one of the fundamental issues that, you know, I'm personally lobbying um, to educate politicians for um, is the fact that the regulation in the industry now we don't want the industry overregulated where we stifle the innovation um yep. but at the same time there needs to be some type of consumer protection so i would love to see regulation come in the form of the consumer protection agency creating guidelines as opposed to like the sec creating guidelines for the industry yep. um but with that being said um you know there's two types of rug pulls there's a soft pull and a hard pull hard pulls are explicitly illegal soft pulls aren't so you have developers like creating soft pulls all over the place. You know, these tokens coming out with this term renounced contract, but at the same time, like they control like 60, 70% of the supply. So people jump into it, not concerned about the supply, so they can just tank the supply. So there's a lot of like these um, tactics that we see over and over and over again in the industry. But the people who are here now are identifying those tactics and the ethic that, you know, they're espousing is, is that, you know, those tactics are coming from bad actors. So the community is naturally um, weeding out those type of actors. So the people that are successful in the industry, like, for example, we just had another launch did $4.2 million on the first day. Like that type of trust that we get from the community is because like we're also providing something where you know who we are, you see our faces, we're in touch with the community, we're providing value in what we're building. So people trust our project, as opposed to other projects who are only there for the purpose of, um, you know, having a crypto with a name on it. Yep. So talking about for people that are wanting to get involved in good projects, and I want to maybe dig into Blockbuster's tech here in a second and kind of what you guys are doing and, and the space you're playing in. But as you guys have gotten involved in projects or invested in projects, what are kind of some of the qualities or ingredients of what seasoned and savvy crypto investors, you know, see in when making an investment on what you guys would consider a project that's got great upside or or opportunity to be involved with? Yeah, I think, you know, it's evolving um, at a very, very high rate. Um, You know, in the past... Like Don spoke about, you know, there were renounced contracts where you just you didn't have to trust who was making it per se. Um, that didn't necessarily turn out to be true because of the soft rug pulls, uh, you know, pulling later on. Um, and, you know, it's kind of morphed into most it, it, it's sort of like the outside business world. We're growing up. Right. And so that's the thing that brought me into this. Is because now you're starting to see, okay, if you have a good, you know, business plan, if you have the network, if you have, you know, the foundation to last long term, then you're going to be successful, okay? Because you're going to be around when everybody else dies off. And so I think that was the important thing when we started talking about, you know, or when Don brought out a contract that was actually, uh, you're able to change. Well, you had to trust us that we're not going to run off with all the money, right? And so that was uh, that had a lot of pushback at first. Um, and yet we've already proven that we we've even you know helped out when some things didn't go right. Uh, and if you look into our history a little bit about we we've done some things that nobody else has done in this space, and we get something from the community sometimes that says the good guys are taking over which is a, a really interesting piece to this, right? Because we want to be the good guys. Now, we don't absolutely want to be a role model in every single way, but we're going to hold, hold ourselves to a very, very high standard. And if, if we are the role model, then we're the role model. I mean, that's not what we're shooting for, but we absolutely have a ridiculously high standard for what we're doing. And I wouldn't have joined this, this company if, it, if that wasn't the case. So it, we're changing things. It's changing constantly. Um, and the fact that we can now uh, pivot when needed because we can change the contract, 
um, that makes our world way easier to control. Mm. So let's talk about Blockbuster's tech. What is Blockbuster's tech and what problem are you guys solving in the space right now? So Blockbuster's, um, first, just talking about the name, we obviously know that there's a another blockbusters out there but uh our name is specifically about you know breaking down blocks and creating a mess showing the interconnectedness between blocks but more importantly the interoperability between blockchains like you have algorand and right now it's being used for air quality testing in my or in miami um you know avax polygon there's so many different blockchains and what needs to happen is that technology needs to communicate together in order for the data that's being transcribed on these blockchains to be used in the most efficient way possible. So our goal is to um, operate in between uh, the blockchain. So not necessarily saying we're going to release our own blockchain, but we want to provide utilities in, in between that allow people to safely uh, move between blockchain. Bridges right now are the focal point of you know um, malicious actors. So um, we're trying to leverage liquidity to allow people to uh, cross chains. And we've created another protocol called the Mirror Protocol for the purpose of implementing that one specific aspect of it. Now, more importantly, and moving forward on this, um, in terms of blockbusters, our primary focus is to increase the adoptability of Web3 by Web2 companies. So we primarily function on the front end as a consultancy and a development company. We go in, we consult with companies, we help them to develop to develop unique tools to allow them to transition from Web2 to Web3. So if we want increased adoptability, someone's going to have to be there to help usher companies into the Web3 world. And mm -hmm. that's what we intend to do. I love it. So what would be some of your ideal customers that you guys are working and servicing right now? Oh, uh, Jeff, is it okay if I talk about X Studios? I think you should, and uh, probably the NFLPA. Uh, I'll let you talk about the NFLPA, and then I'll talk about uh, X Studios. So um, um, there's a company called the X Studio based out of um, uh, Australia, and um, they are an NFT platform, um, and they have uh, already have a relationship with quite a few musicians, labels, PRs, everyone in the music industry. Um, Ron, the owner of the X Studio, has a deep background with musicians. So one thing that we're doing with them, and they already have a Web3 presence in the, in the um, form of an NFT marketplace and also a token. Uh, but what we're building is essentially a um, competitor to um, Spotify and Apple Music. Um, that competitor will allow people to, uh, it'll allow artists to upload their and labels to upload music as NFTs. It will allow people to listen to the music as NFTs, be rewarded for listening, but also it would allow fans of artists to essentially create and hold a portion of a musician's catalog and have their own micro catalog and also gain rewards for having hard ownership in a micro catalog. So we create a self-sustaining ecosystem for the artist. So um, the intention here is to see more of the artists like Chance the Rapper own more of their, you know, downline in terms of, you know, distribution um, and publishing, um, as well as provide an efficient method for labels to keep track of, you know, their spins, international spins on radio stations as well. So we're leveraging the NF NFT blockchain technology to essentially make that space better. That's cool, man. I dig that. Jeff, what are you working on, brother? Well, I'm working on that too, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the, the one that I think I've had, you know, the most excitement around from, you know, I, I, I still go back to education is key and financial literacy rate is like abysmal. Um, so I'm always trying to push financial literacy and that's something that we're working and partnering with, uh, especially the NFLPA, the South Florida chapter specifically right now, um, to figure out ways how we can, um, increase that financial literacy rate, right? Um, how we can do that. If we can get that down in this subsection where we're helping former NFL players, you know, they, these guys don't make a lot of money. They make decent money. There's, there's a couple guys on the team that make all the money, right? Yep. And, and, you know, they don't have very long careers. I think what the average career is like two and a half years. 
And, you know, when they come back, you know, what do they have? And then they don't have, you know, the background and the education uh, with the financial literacy. So we're uh, working on building a platform to help them do that. But the idea is to to create a platform that could then just be cookie cuttered into other things, right? You know, we move that into healthcare professionals. We move that into, you know, whatever it may be. But the point is any any professional type of career, everyone seems to be, you know, micro-focused on, on what they have to do. And they just, they don't get the financial literacy they need. So we want to make sure that we're able to help with that. I, I think it's going to be a great thing if we can bridge over and do, uh, you know, current student athletes because of the NIL deals and the, yeah. you know, newfound wealth they're getting there. And of course, now that, and, and I'm not saying it, some of that probably didn't happen before, but now since it's all on social media, you have keeping up with the Joneses type mentality and, oh, well, he got a Lambo, I got to get a Lambo, you know? And so like, let's not focus on a depreciating asset here, you know? So what we want to educate in, you know, any, any means we possibly can, and we're building the platform to do that. So is there an opportunity for people to, you know, obviously investors and individuals that are looking to build wealth, one of the keywords that consistently comes up, right, is residual income, passive income, mailbox money, whatever you want to label it. Where is that opportunity in the world of crypto? You know you want this one, Don. So Don, yeah, I sure do. Don's like, I, I know on, he man. wants it. I love this question. I, I love I, it too. Absolutely. I'm gonna let Don take it. So um in crypto, um, you you have the asset, and the reason why we essentially purchase a cryptographic uh asset is because we anticipate that it will increase in value. Yep. Now there are some tokens like the blockbusters token. Um, that do something fairly interesting. What we do is we take our daily volume. So even right now, so far today, um, the BBTF token, we've, we've done 22K in volumes so far today. Um, that 22K uh, happened from people buying it over the counter. And I mean, you know, so we'll take that 22K in volume and then we take 16% of that and then not, uh, as taxes. Of that, 9% is redistributed to everyone that holds it, right? That redistribution of the taxes to people that hold the asset, whether they purchased it a year ago or they hold it now, is what creates that passive income. Mm -hmm. So new purchases have a tax that is redistributed. A cool thing that we also do is we redistribute those taxes and other tokens that redistribute taxes. So it creates this compounding model of reflection. So that's the big difference between what we do and what SafeMoon does. So SafeMoon uh, reflects their own token based off of volume. Um, and each token that does that has volume that then reflects. So our goal was to create a compounded model that allows us to reflect a token like SafeMoon that then reflects again. So we give you more SafeMoon and you get more SafeMoon from SafeMoon's volume. We give you more of you know token number two, you get more token number two from their volume. So we've created an infrastructure where we're essentially handing you um, our handpicked choices in DeFi. Um, we also have another project where you know decentralized uh, finance. If you listen to a lot of people that talk about your portfolio balance, they'll say de decentralized finance should be a portion of it because those are the ones with moonshot potential, not financial advice, of course. Um, but there, there's also this other component of cryptocurrency they're referred to as layer one technologies, the ones that typically have their own blockchain. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polygon, AVAX, um, you know, those tokens. We also have what's called the mirror protocol, which, um, allows people to, um, have automated diversification of blue chips. So we're doing both with our platform. Um, there are other tokens out there that are attempting to um, do this in multiple ways. Um, we're um, in the process of uh, creating a first of its kind distributor. So we're even upgrading the industry technology as we do this. Uh, we're literally in an industry where everything that is done is either copied from someone else doing it or you're the first person to do it. Um, so we choose to be the first people to do it in most cases. That's amazing, man. And talk about your team, right? Because I think for a lot of people that 
maybe their ears are perking up and going, okay, I like the sound of that model. That That's cool. That makes financial sense to me. T- talk a little bit more about your guys' team. You know, obviously, um, and we'll link up everything in the show notes, guys, millionermycast.com. You guys can check out um, all the links and, you know, things that were referenced in this episode to go and uh, check out Don and Jeff and Blockbusters Tech. But with that being said, talk to us a little bit about how you guys have comprised what is, at least that I know, um, an amazing world-class team in doing what you guys are doing. I'm going to let Don take that because he's the CEO. And uh, if he says anything bad, you know, then everybody can jump on him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've taken heat before. I could take some more heat. Uh, No, so it's really interesting. Um, You know, uh, I come from what they refer to as the Safe Moon Army. Um, There's a lot of us that, you know, truly love the technology. That is one characteristic that I would say is common between the members of the team. Um, There is, um, you know, someone that I was hosting a show with called Lead. He has a security and technology background. That's important for your team. You have someone who's, you know, run a business for 30 plus years and that operations, you know, important for your team. You have someone like Jeff who is exposed to different kinds of investments and knows how to navigate a bunch of the um, business to business merger and acquisition talk. And that's really important for the team. So one thing I've realized in building this team is not everyone's going to know everything. So you have to rely on the experts. So what essentially what I've done is identified experts and um, as you know, Troy likes to say aces in their places. Aces in their places. I like that. Now, how are you guys navigating the current landscape and positioning yourself for the future with what we all believe is going to continue to um, equate to more adoption as things progress and, you know, work themselves through? Um, The first thing that I will say is, is um, we are being imitated at the speed which we could not uh, anticipate. That's a good thing, right? I'm taking it. I'm a good and a bad thing. I'm sure some people would say it's a good thing. Some people would say it's a bad thing. Um, Like we welcome competition because what it means is our actions are improving the technology inherently. Uh, We think we're producing good tech. And as long as, you know, we can create the atmosphere for people to collectively try to improve that tech and compete, that competition drives the technology of this industry up. We we welcome it. Um, uh, But with that being said, um, I wanted to say that the... In terms of blockbusters, the way in which we're engaging in business to business, um, you know, acquisitions, mergers, partnerships, um, it's more professional than what we've experienced in in industry um, so far. So our unique selling position is that we're bringing maturation to the industry, um, you know, creating that business ethic to where there's no longer this uh, degenerate ethic yeah. called degen and to where it's more of a professional approach to creating real utilities that you know people like hallmark would be willing to interact with craft cards um you know there there's just a bunch of different uh utilities in this space that um until we uh mature ourselves we're not necessarily going to create that bridge between web 2 and web 3 mm. Is there some overall timeline that you guys feel people are pacing to in terms of adoption at a level that feels significant to the crypto community? Yeah, if you ask any one of our holders and, you know, just crypto holders in general, um, it, it, everything should be done yesterday. <laughs> or a week ago, like it's it's insane the speed at which things are happening, but also what is um, you know expected of you. Um, and so I think we're also doing our best to level set those expectations uh, for you know holders in general, and then people just coming into the space because if we worked at a speed that was, you know, just simply trying to keep up with everyone, then we're going to make mistakes and this is going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, safety is, is so paramount to us um, that, you know, dichotomy of, you know, the, the safety versus, you know, the hackers coming in trying to, I mean, this is a constant, 
you know, issue, right? So we're always trying to do things um, at a speed that is safe, uh, but we're still like a hundred times faster than the normal business world. So, I mean, thinking that it's slow is, is crazy, but we get people on us all the time. Like, you know, uh, people literally will, will tweet at us when, you know, W E N, which is kind of the, you know, the Twitter versus for crypto is like, when are when is it done? When, when this, when that, whatever. And like, it's been three months, guys. Come on. <laughs> like, you know, I, I didn't get into this for three months. I didn't get into SafeMoon for three months. I mean, like any investment. And that's, I think hopefully that bring, you know, with our professionalism and what we bring to the table will also kind of help, again, level set that to what's the appropriate amount of time to invest, right? Um, having the moonshot is so rare, even though that's what gets thrown out there all the time. It just doesn't happen often. And we want to be here for the long haul, especially if you're making passive income, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to create something that's going to last forever and create generational wealth. So that's what we're here for. It's amazing. With everything that's going on in the Web 3.0 landscape right now, maybe outside of your project, what are you guys most excited about and paying attention to right now? Safe moon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now there, there, there's, there's really good technology coming out. Um, oh man. So there's technology like dynamic sharding technology for the blockchain, which is really cool. Um, I really like that technology. I definitely, um, think that there's this, um, there's a company coming out soon that people will know about. I don't want to say it too early. Um, but they're tokenizing carbon credits, um, you know, the sailing competition, the um, international sailing competition that just occurred yesterday. Um, they were sponsored by Algorand. Algorand is doing uh, more stuff with water tech. Um, that's a company that I alluded to earlier about doing environmental testing in um, Miami. So there's a lot of technology all over, um, you know, the Web3 space that's coming. So um, it's just a matter of what you like. Me, um, my most important issue in life is uh, desalinization plant, uh, plants and clean water. Um, we know that in the next three years that, you know, the Midwest and California are about to enter a clean water crisis. So um, I would love to see Web3 uh, solve the clean water problem from its transportation to, you know, its desalinization. So I love it. What about you, Jeff? <laughs> Man, it's hard to pick, right? Because the interesting thing in, in in my position and what I'm doing is, you know, we can take a smart contract that we've created and then look at how many different industries we can flip upside down. And it's insane. Like, I mean, when you it feels really endless, start, right? it feels absolutely endless. And I'm sitting here going, um, we need more guys on the team. Like we, we need more teammates. Um, no, it's just, it, it's, there's just so much out there. Um, and I think the, that it's good for us to have all those opportunities, but I also think it's, uh, we've done an incredible job of being able to focus in on some specific things, uh, and get working on those. And then, we'll take on what's next, you know, and, and then what's next after that. So we're not in a hurry. Um, but we're also, you know, we're working really, really hard to make sure we make an incredible slash epic, you know, change in this world. And and that's web three. Is blockbusters tech something that you guys are building for an exit at some point down the road? Is this a, a legacy play that's just tied into everyone's why on the leadership team and what you guys are solving for? What's, what's the mindset there? Uh, me personally, I don't have an exit plan. I've actually, um, you know, I'm I'm moving out of um, a previous industry that I was in, and you know, I was a thought leader in um, and moving into, uh, you know, cryptographic technology. So, uh, I would instead of an exit plan, I would say this is my springboard into uh, making change utilizing Web three technology. Very cool. Yeah, I think that it's. At this time, we we don't have any plans to do, you know, to get out of what we're in. We're like, we're so early, you know, it's very difficult to see, um, you know, what that looks like. 
I'm not saying it could never happen, but this is a this is not only a um, you know generational wealth play; it's a passion you know play. And so I think everyone on this team is so passionate about what they're doing that you know we may have you know changes in team, but ultimately um, I would love to see you know Blockbusters Tech be the Johnson and Johnson of Web three. Like that's the ultimate play. We want to grow this to be a multi-billion-dollar company, and we are on our way. So, for those that want to follow you guys, check out Blockbusters Tech, get more involved. What's the best place for them to find you guys and find more information on how they can do that? Um, right now, the suggestion is to go to uh, bbtftoken.com. And all of our links, social links, are on bptf.com. Um, try to follow the Twitter. Uh, additionally, you can go to themirrorprotocol.com and then follow one of our subsidiaries' um, social accounts there. Um, I would suggest following the Twitter and all of them. Um, but yeah, so bbtftoken.com, follow the Twitter. You'll get access to all of our updates. I love it. Jeff? Don, it was a pleasure connecting with you guys today. Love what you guys are working on, man. I'm so super excited to follow along to, to participate in, uh, you know, some different capacities as well. And uh, guys, be sure to check out millionermindcast.com. You'll get all the links that were just referenced. You guys can go check out the website, uh, hit them up on Twitter. What is the likelihood that if somebody hits you up on Twitter, they get a tweet back? You know what? Jeff will tweet back. That, that's a very good question. Yeah. We have that argument daily. You know, Don does not get back. Uh, no, he send me something. I'm more than happy to take that off his plate by all means. Guys, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Matty. Thank Appreciate you, so you. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you share it with somebody else who maybe needs to hear this today or that could gain some value from something that was talked about or discussed in today's interview. You just never know one piece of information, a conversation, a tool, a resource can completely transform and change the trajectory of someone's life or their business. So if you get any kind of value or you want to support the show, all we ask is that you help us organically get this in front of more people. Also, for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey and unlock more financial freedom, get more time back and just level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to therichlifeacademy.com to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, courses from our guests, all kinds of free content, downloads, checklists, upcoming event info, and how you can connect with us live, in person, all kinds of great valuable tools. You can get that over at therichlifeacademy.com. Last but not least, I always wanna know, who do you guys wanna hear me interview next? Let me know. Shoot me a text at 844-447-1555. With that being said, until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friend.